All right, good morning. I don't know if I'm on in here yet. Test. Here we go. There we go. All right. Let's, uh, I mean, I think that's the quickest everyone's ever gotten in here and sat down. Y'all must be excited. All right, let's uh, go to God in prayer, and then we'll, we'll get started. Dear God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the many blessings you give us. We thank you for everything you do for us, and we thank you for the freedom and the opportunity we have to come here and to worship you, to, to sing to you, to learn about your word, Lord. I just ask that you be with us as we go through this class. Allow it to be something that we can use to apply to ourselves and to use to bring others to you, Lord. I ask that you be with all those who are sick out there, who need our prayers, and just ask that you be with, you know, we see that the, it seems like the COVID is continuing to just, you know, become more and more people infected with it. And Lord, I just ask you, we hope we see a downturn on that and we can get through this side of it and, and kind of get back to a little bit of normal. Just thank you for everything you do for us. And it's in Christ and we pray. Amen. All right, so to, uh, we're starting a new series today. I think this is going to be a four-week lesson, I think. Tie me to that, but uh, just looking at it and, and how it's going to go. But if, if anyone's wondering, the title of it's The Ghost in Me or Ghost in Me. And so we're going to be talking about, I've said this a couple times, uh, but we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit for the next couple of weeks. And, and I, I think this is an important study for us because I think, I think sometimes, and we'll talk about this a little bit, sometimes I think we've underestimated and undervalued the power of the Holy Spirit and in its presence in our lives. And so this the lesson today is titled In Our Presence, and it's going to basically be kind of an overview or basics of um, the Holy Spirit and, and who He is and how He works in our lives. If you take notes, then you might want to take notes on this one. If you don't, you might want to as well. I'm going to cover a couple things that um, I won't go deep, deep into, but it will kind of brush a little bit, and maybe we'll go a little bit deeper into them in the next couple of weeks. But just some terms and some um, verses and stuff that, that you might want to write down. Because this one, I think, is going to require us to go back a little bit, and that's kind of my plan is each week, we spend the week going back through and, and looking at uh, some of these things. But when we talk about the Holy Spirit, or you hear the term the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, What's one of the first things that's pop, that pops into your mind? <laughs> Speaking in tongues, right? Kind of the, 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 the weird stuff, the, the running around, getting the Holy Spirit running around, you know, some of that stuff that really kind of freaks you out a little bit. Um, you know, especially if you're not used to it. I, I've talked to some people. I, I've honestly never been uh, or experienced that. But, um, well, I, there was one time. We were, I was with uh, Helen one time. And a guy got the Holy Spirit, and he, he got up and, and ran around the auditorium and then sat down. But um, so it, it's, when, you, when you see that, or that expression of what people term the Holy Spirit, it, it it's kind of freaks you out a little bit. It's, it's a little weird. And so what I think has happened, uh, especially in the church, is there's been an overreaction. So you, you have the, the, the Pentecostal side, of what we call the Pentecostal side, or the, or the more vibrant um, or more passionate, I will say, version of what they call the Holy Spirit. And so what, and it's a very, they've, they've kind of 
the pendulum has swung way, way, way over here when it, when it comes to the, the Holy Spirit. And I think what we've kind of done is an overreaction to that, to try to get away from that, is we've swung way, way over here and kind of really pulled away from the Holy Spirit and who he really is. And so I, I think with that underreaction, uh, under um, there's been a, a lack of a, what I would say focus and study on, on the Holy Spirit, especially in the church. I, I'm growing up, We've talked about the Holy Spirit a little bit, but I don't really recall any really in-depth or really you know, grabbing hold of, hey, this is the Holy Spirit and this is how he works in your life and these are the things that you should look for and, and stuff like that. Now, not to say that it hasn't happened, but not an overemphasis definitely on the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit definitely is in the Bible and it's in the Bible a lot. And, I, and I'll let y'all guess at this. The Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost is mentioned. How many times do you think in the Bible? 253. <laughs> A bunch, right? The Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit is mentioned 800 times in the Bible. That was the closest guess. <laughs> to give you a little bit of perspective, Jesus is mentioned 900 times. A little over 900 times, depending on the, the version um, or translation. And then God himself is mentioned 4,400 times. In fact, the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the second verse of the Bible. In Genesis 1-2, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. There's two versions of, or translations for this word. There's one in the Hebrew, and then there's one that's used in the Greek. The Hebrew word, I want to try to pronounce this right. I listened to it a million times, but it's ruach, I believe is how that's pronounced. And it means wind, breath, a violent exhalation, or a blast of breath, meaning it's powerful. The Spirit of God, when they use this term in Hebrew, it is a powerful force or a powerful spirit. The Greek word for spirit is pneuma, where we get our um, the word pneumonia from, and it is a current of air or a blast of breath. Again, it's a powerful being or powerful um, force when when they translate this and, and use this term. One of the things we realize in the Old Testament, we see in the Old Testament, is the Spirit of God would actually descend on people and then sometimes and, and actually come and go and leave. Uh, we see this in many of the, the prophets and stuff where the Spirit of God would come down on them for a little while and then leave. And then if you look at the examples of David and Saul, we look in 1 Samuel 16, verses 13 through 14, 13 and 14. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Now the Spirit of the Lord had left Saul, and the Lord sent a tormenting spirit that filled him with depression and fear. And then later on in one of David's Psalms, he writes to and writes about one of his prayers to God, and in Psalms 51.11, he says, Do not banish me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. 
So the Holy Spirit was used a little differently. It wasn't a different being or a different thing. The Holy Spirit is God, and we're going to look at that in a little bit. But the Holy Spirit was used differently than in the New Testament, and, and we're going to look at that. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament would, was used to, in the same way as it's used in the New Testament and in us today, but it, it, it kind of focused on, on specific people or, or specific times to, to push and, and force people, in, or not force, but to guide people in, in directions. So we see in the Old Testament the Spirit would, it could actually come and go and, and, and would go into people and, and leave people. But in the New Testament, it's a little bit different. For those of us who are believers, it doesn't leave us. You know, it's not a, we mess up time and then, oh, the Holy Spirit's gone. It's a gift that God gives to us that as long as we are faithful to Him, it's there. He is there. And it starts out, and we see Jesus talking about that in John, if we look in John 14, verses 16 and 17. You know, He is preparing His apostles here for the fact that He is about to leave, but He's trying to reassure them that someone is going to come behind them to help them. In John 14, 16, and 17, he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives within you now and later will be in you. And that's kind of where the, the term or the title for this, the, this series that I got is the ghost in you is as Christians the Holy Spirit is in us and, and we're, and we're going to look at that a little bit more but here's one of the things I think maybe sometimes we forget the Holy Spirit is God I think sometimes we, we forget that the Holy Spirit is not an it right? I, I, a lot of times even when I was writing this lesson I had to catch myself a couple of times because as I would write it out, I would use the term it referring to the Holy Spirit instead of he. Right? The Holy Spirit is God. He has emotions. We talk about that. It talks about how we can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit loves you. The Holy Spirit is there to guide you and be there for you. And, and the term that's used here when, when we see the word attitude or, or spirit or guide or, or different things is the word... Parakletos. I think that's how you say it. I'm not good at Greek. <laughs> I'm not good at English very much. So we'll see. It's parakletos. And the word there is basically the word para, which means and it means to come alongside, right? If you have a paralegal, that paralegal is someone who, who works alongside a lawyer. Um, and so that's the that's the term there that, that comes from. It is an intercessor, a counselor an advocate, a comforter, and a helper. Both. <laughs> I think I put, uh, I think I was supposed to put counselor there, but I put consoler. So, but I think it would, both of those would, would, would fall into that. And so I, one of the things that when I, when I was reading through this and, and I was studying and I was thinking of it, and one of the, the things that was mentioned was, well, you know what, instead of the Holy Ghost, it would have, been, would have been much nicer for Jesus to kind of just stick around, right, and help us out. If Instead of the Holy Spirit, we had Jesus by our side, right, walking around with us and, and helping us out. You know, if, if you're walking along and, 
you get sick, you can be like, hey, Jesus, I need your help. Heal me. Okay, you're healed. Right? You, you break your leg, and you can be like, oh, I don't need to go to the hospital. I've got Jesus right here with me. He can just, just heal me. And there's, you know, maybe it's probably a little bit easier to convert people. Right? If i got Jesus coming along with me, and I don't want to convert, so I'm like, hey, here's Jesus right here. Right? Look what he can do. You know, the, the different things. But what's interesting, Jesus actually says that that's not true. Him being with us in the physical form is not better than the Holy Spirit. So if we look at John 16, verse 7, But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. That's John 16, verse 7. So think about that for a minute. How powerful is the Holy Spirit if it is better for us to have the Holy Spirit in the spiritual form than Jesus himself in the physical form here? Holy Spirit's everywhere, right? Yeah, it's more widespread, right? Jesus can, and I guess Jesus in his physical form, if he wanted to, could be everywhere with everyone, but then you'd have uh, several billion Jesuses running around and look a little weird. But go ahead. <clears throat> It requires a much stronger faith, right? I mean, it does, because it's easy to, if, like I said, if Jesus was just here all the time, that's, that's, that's easy, right? A little bit easier to have, yeah, here's my, here's my faith, you know? But without that, it requires a lot more faith when, when you're relying on, on the Holy Spirit of God versus the physical uh, the formation of God. I mean, and an example of that is what happens to a child who's giving everything and everything he wants is done for them? It's full rotten, right? <laughs> Doesn't adapt well to society in, in the long run. And so I, I think like Ken's analogy, there's, this is the, a perfect example of that is, you know, if Jesus would stayed here on earth and, and, and basically kind of that, that would give us a lot of the things that we wanted and, and made it easy for us, then then 
the work of, of becoming a Christian and, and leading others to Christ would, would not be, I don't think, as successful as it takes with the faith of us doing it and, and us being his advocates for him. So, with all that said, back to the title of, of God in us, right? And, and I think sometimes we, we, we have to remember that, that, that God is, as Christians, when we, when we, become, when we are baptized and, and become Christians, that God, He sends His Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us. And, and I think sometimes we... There's two things, and we'll, and we'll look at them uh, here in a, a minute. But He gives us a gifts that, that we can use, a ton of gifts. And we're going to look at those in the, in the next couple of weeks. But, but there, along with Him coming in, there, there is a power that comes along with that. There, is, there are spiritual gifts that come along with that. But, but here's kind of the problem, and we've talked about this over the last several months and in the last year or so. If you look at the, the church or the body of believers that we call Christians or those who say they believe, we do not look much different than the world. If you look at it from a statistical standpoint and you, and you look and see, you know, we, we don't appear to be a group of people who have God living in us. And so, when I, when I say that, you know, and the reason I say it is because if you look, and again, I, I'm, this is a broad term and a, and a broad study, but those who call themselves believers and Christians, and then you look at those who call them non, themselves non-believers and non-Christians in the world, statistically, there's really no difference between the two on what they, they watch, how they act, the things they do, the divorce rate, you know, all those different types of things. The only difference that we can find or in, in, in the studies that we see is that non-Christians are better at recycling than Christians are. I'm not sure what that, why, <laughs> you know, why they studied that, but they, they looked at a broad aspect of the daily lives of, of a Christian versus the non-Christian, and for some reasons, non-Christians are more about recycling. I don't know why. <laughs> well, but I, I think I, I think some of the recent events have shown that a little bit that 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 we are not realizing and focusing on the fact that God has sent His Himself in a spirit form to be in us as Christians. Because if you look at a lot of what's going on in the world today. And, and you look at a lot of the things that Christians are saying today and things that Christians are doing today, sometimes it looks like the world's got a better grasp on some of these things than we as Christians do. Right? I mean, I, and, and I'm going to be careful how I say this, but when I see comments of Christians talking about killing other people, right? or wishing other people dead or having a complete lack of empathy or you know a, a heartache for maybe a brother or a sister who may be going through a hard time or struggling with something you know especially with some of the current events in some areas when you look out sometimes it seems now it may not be the case but sometimes it seems like the world may be doing a better job of being more empathetic and more loving 
than we as Christians are. And the reason for this, I think, and I think there's a lot of reasons, but one of the main reasons, I think, is because we as Christians are living a spirit-less, not spiritless, but spirit-less life than, than what God had intended for us. I think God intended for us to leave, lead a spirit-filled life. And I think sometimes our overreaction to the Holy Spirit and talk of the Holy Spirit has led to some of this a little bit. And, and this is, and we'll look at this, and this is what I mean. So, like I said, I, I think living a ver- we, we live a spirit-less life versus living a spirit-filled life. And, and there's two reasons, or two main reasons, I think, and we'll, we'll focus on, on these two. I think there's a ton that we could look at, but I think there's two. One, some are just not aware. I think there are some people who really do not understand or have knowledge of what the Holy Spirit is and how he is supposed to guide our lives. And I'll give you an example. We look in Acts 19, verses 1 through 3. While Paulos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. In verse 2, he said, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied, We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? He asked, and they replied, The baptism of John. So obviously at this time, they they were believers and they were baptized through the baptism of John at that time. And so there wasn't, at that, they hadn't started talking about the receiving the Holy Spirit, this was before Christ had, had died and, and returned to heaven, so they hadn't talked about receiving the, the gift of the Holy Spirit at baptism. And I think sometimes we fit into this category somewhere. Not that we aren't aware of who the Holy Spirit is, but I don't know if we're fully aware of who the Holy Spirit is and what, and how powerful and how how the, how the gifts and, and the things and everything that, that we can use and, and to guide, have, use the Holy Spirit to guide us with. Uh, and, and I'll use, this was the example that I, when I was studying this that, that I heard, and I, and I thought it was a pretty good analogy. How many in your, here have ever flown first class on an airplane? Okay, a few. I have a couple times. Before flying first class on the airplane... Most of you would flow, fly coach or, or, or the back or whatever. I don't know what it's called now. <laughs> Military standby? Yeah, see, I got to fly standby a little bit, and, and, I, and I'll talk about that. So flying coach, you're still flying in the same airplane, right? But you don't realize a lot of the benefits that you can get while in that airplane. And I, and I think sometimes it's the same way with, with our, our, our Christianity. We know the Holy Spirit, and we're all in the kind of the same vessel flying along, but we don't realize the perks that come along with flying first class when we plug ourselves in to the Holy Spirit. There's a big difference if, if for those who have. You know, I used to fly coach all the time, and the only times I ever flew, we flew coach. But then I started dating a girl whose dad was a captain for Delta Airlines. And... When I would go to see his daughter, he would give me standby tickets, and I would just show up at the gate, and 
I could just get on the plane if there was room, and they obviously put you in the best seat. So I get in the be- the you know, I, the only the other time I'd flown, it had been a couple times, but it had been to Kansas, and I can't remember the other one. But, you know, you're packed in the back. you got to shove your stuff overhead and barely can fit it in, and then your your knees are this far away from the, the front, and you got people sitting next to you, elbowing you, and, you know, you don't have room, and hopefully someone doesn't smell. Hopefully you don't have a baby behind you. You know, it's, you know. And, and so it's a lot different than when you go – to first class and you sit up there and you got a seat that's this wide and some airplanes they turn into beds and I, and you know they bring they bring you warm towels to put on your face and and all this kind of stuff and i think sometimes that's the difference between our realization of of who the holy spirit is and what the holy spirit can do right i don't think we've really plugged into the full we're all on the same plane sometimes but we haven't plugged into the, the first-class experience of who and what the Holy Spirit is and the benefits that come along with that. And then we're going we're gonna to look at some of those gifts and some of that stuff as, as we go on. The next one is some are resisting. I think we have a lot of people who, who resist the Holy Spirit for whatever reason. Like I said earlier, I think sometimes it's a overreaction to not wanting to be considered in you know the flamboyant version of Christianity with the with the Holy Spirit right we don't want to get close to the the running around and 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 the, uh, you know un, unintelligible conversations and and stuff like that we don't want to be seen as the you know the the faith healers and, and that kind of stuff right so we, we I think sometimes we, we resist and pull other times I think we know and I think we sometimes know that God or the Spirit is guiding us to do things. But we resist Him. And we push back because the Bible says we can do that, right? The, 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 the Holy Spirit will guide us or prompt us or push us to do things or not to do things. And we will push back from that. And we'll, and we'll, we'll look at that in a little bit. But so we look in um, Acts 7, verse 51. Stephen's uh, speaking to the high priest, the council here. And he talks about... And he says in verse 51, You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. So now, I know there's some theology around the fact that, that you actually can't resist the Holy Spirit, right? There, there's theology around that the Holy Spirit comes and, and opens your eyes and, and makes you do things. And I think this kind of speaks to the, the fact that we actually can resist the Holy Spirit in spiritual form and word form and different things that we go. And so a lot of people would ask them, well, Chad, how, how do you know if it's the Holy Spirit or not? And, and I, I, I saw a kind of a guideline on this, and, and I thought it was pretty good. You know, it's not a biblical... Uh, uh, interpretation, but I think it kind of fits into to where we we can come to. One, if it benefits you, it's probably not the prompting of the Holy Spirit. If it's going to gain you praise or, or be a gift or, or, or make you look better, just you, then it's probably your prompting and not the Holy Spirit. If it doesn't... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah. that God gives individual spirit, uh, uh, spiritual gifts so that they can use those gifts to be a blessing to the church. To the church, yes, yes. 
If it doesn't benefit you, but will bring glory to God, then that is probably the prompting of the Holy Spirit. If it's convicting you to not do something that you know is wrong, then it is probably the Holy Spirit. If you're feeling led to do something that will bless another person, but give you no glory, then it is probably, well, I say no glory. There's a glory that will come in that, but, but uh, I say a public type. Then that is probably the Holy Spirit. If it's telling you to do something that you probably don't want to do because it's going to make you uncomfortable or maybe painful, then that's probably the Holy Spirit. And so the question then is, are you resisting the Holy Spirit? And it's, and it's guidance and, and, and push to you. And so three things that I'll, I kind of want to look at, and then, we'll, and then next week we'll start looking at some of the other stuff, is how does the Holy Spirit actually minister to us? And, and I think there's, there's probably several more, but I think there was three main things that I could find on how the, the Holy Spirit works and ministers to us and through us in our lives. The first one is the Holy Spirit comforts you. When we're going through hard times, we see examples of this. You know, you see a family or, or someone who's lost a loved one or they're, they're going through, you know, cancer treatments or, or they're, they're going through, you know, whatever horrible time in their lives. And as Christians, you see them go through it and you see them go through it almost fearlessly with, with little, you know, with, with a strong faith and, and, a, and a, you know, just a perseverance to go through it with, with little complaining. To me... That is the work of the Holy Spirit through them. Because the Holy Spirit is, is comforting them through their faith. And so if you look at John 14, 16, now this is the King James Version that, that uses this. And we've, we've already looked at this. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. And so I think there's, there's not only a, a comfort going through, through hard times, but I think there's also the comfort of knowing God is with us and he has given us his gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's something, you know, we have the comfort of knowing in the end where we are going to end up because of our faith and what he has done for us. Any thoughts on that before I go to the next point? All right, the Holy Spirit counsels you. It guides you, counsels as, as a guide. It, it helps you know. You know, there, there's times where if you don't know what to do, you go to God in prayer, and he is going to help guide you into where you need to go. That is the Holy Spirit working through you. You ever been prompted to do something, and you know it didn't come from you? I mean, just thoughts just kind of pop in your head, and it's like, well, I wasn't even thinking about that. Or maybe you're praying and, and something comes in. One of the examples <clears throat> that, I, that I thought was interesting, and I've never had anything like this happen in my life. Uh, one of the, someone was talking about this, and it was around midnight. And this person got a urge or, or a, a prompting that he needed to call a good friend of his who was going through a hard time. And he said, no, he, at first he thought, you know, he resisted the spirit at first and said, no, it's, it's 1130, almost midnight. 
I'm not going to call and wake him up. <clears throat> I'll, I'll just call him in the morning. But it, it was such a strong prompting that he went ahead and called. And when his friend answered, he said, why are you calling me? He said, well, I just, you know, felt like I needed to, you know, I had a prompting to call. You know, he said, why are you calling me, and why are you calling me right now? And he explained to him, you know, well, I just got this really strong prompting that I needed to call you and, and talk to you and just see how you were doing. And he, and he went on to later explain to his friend that he actually was sitting there with a gun in his mouth getting ready to pull the trigger when his friend called him. Now, a lot of people would call that coincidence. Just really good timing, right? I think that is an example of the type of prompting that the Holy Spirit will convict us to do. You know, maybe it's not something that extreme. Maybe it's something that's more of, like, you know, I, I need to pray for this person. Or maybe I do need to call this person. Or maybe I just need to, you, you see someone, have you ever seen a stranger and just felt a prompting that you needed to go talk to that person? You know, and I, I, I strongly feel and believe that that is the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I think sometimes we, we limit that power. We try to explain it away because, you know, that starts to get into a little bit more of the supernatural and that's a little bit more weird. And, and, but I, I think we need to, to grab a hold of this and look at that. And so if we look in John 16, verse 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but He will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. Going a little bit further. The, the Holy Spirit of truth comes as a guide to guide you. And I like in Isaiah, there, I think this is kind of a description of this in, in a little bit. In Isaiah 30, verse 21, Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you a voice will say, This is the right way you should go, whether it to the right or to the left. Now, I don't think we all uh, we hear an audible voice you know, saying, Do this. I, there are some people who said they have. You know, basically kind of something that said, Hey, you need to go do this. I'm not, I'm not an expert in that, and I'm not going to say yes or no to those type of things. But I do know that the Holy Spirit works in you and prompts you and guides you to do things. We just have to not resist and we have to be open and listen. And thirdly, the Holy Spirit will convict you. How many times have you been, you know, we, we in the world they refer it to our, our conscious, right? Let our conscious be our guide. But we have a much more powerful gift than just the conscience, right? How many in here have been about to do something or was going to do something or did something that they know and they felt the Holy Spirit pushing against them, letting them know they should not do it, but you did it anyway? Or you didn't do it? I think, I th I think it could be. Uh, I, I think it could be. Maybe even after the fact, too, a little bit. You know, I, I think there's a little bit of... Because the Bible talks about how we can grieve the Holy Spirit, right? And so when we do things that is against God who is in us, there's going to be that, that conflict, right, in, inside of us. And, and I think we can feel that sometimes and, and see that. John 16, 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sins and 
God and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Who do you think, and I thought this was a good question, who is the person God uses the most to draw people to Him? Us? I think that's a true answer. His son? Yes. To have Jesus in us. In us yeah. We are representative of Jesus now because Jesus is not on earth. Right. We are his representative. We live like him, which we don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> we're, we're imperfect. I would say, and I think this, is a, a, I think this answer goes along with, with what you said as well. I would say that actually God uses the Holy Spirit to draw people to him more than anything. Now, he may use this, us as the, the vessel to do that. And I'm not talking about in, in, the, in the Calvinistic terms of where the Holy Spirit comes on someone and just draws them in and, and they, you know, they open their eyes and that, that kind of stuff. And it's a, it's, a, it's a limited choice type thing. I'm talking about God uses the Holy Spirit through us, through his word, to convict me. I've heard stories of people who they've never opened a Bible in their life, but they felt convicted or felt a need for that and they were drawn toward that. And they and they, they opened the Bible and they started reading it. They started going to church and then eventually became a Christian. Now, what was the power at work there that 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 draw that draw them in? I think that is the Holy Spirit. I do think the Holy Spirit works through us, obviously, in, in a strong way. But I do think the, the Holy Spirit acts like it talks about here a little bit too and, and, and does draw people in. Because I, I think there's a drawing power to the Holy Spirit. I, I know sometimes we, we, we like to shy away from this because it, that really is getting into the, the supernatural, right? We, we, and, and, and we kind of, we tend to, kind of shy away from well I don't I love the supernatural <laughs> I love studying this but a lot of us tend to to shy away from that that kind of stuff and I'll be honest with you I almost called this series supernatural but but I, I felt that it was better to to focus mainly on I, I talked about angels and I talked about demons and, and stuff like that so I thought it would be good to to focus solely on the whole the Holy Spirit in the in these next few sessions so here here's my and again, this was just kind of a brief overview. I know I didn't dive, dive real deep into a lot of things, but I wanted to kind of just kind of hit the surface because here's what I want. I want us as, as a group and as, as individuals to spend the next week really trying to listen to the Holy Spirit. All right? Try to bring some of those walls down, the, the, those, the resistance that we do, the, the pushing away of no, you know. And, and as you go through and you're, and you're, you're living your life, you know, in, in your work, in your wherever you're at, you know, even if you're at the mall or Walmart, right? You're going to really need the Holy Spirit in Walmart, especially these days. But, but listen to and ask for, because th this, is the, this is the thing, and I meant to have touched this a little bit earlier. The more we resist the Holy Spirit, the harder it is for it to reach us. And what I mean by that is we harden our hearts to the Holy Spirit. And so we stop, when, as we harden our hearts, 
it stops trying, I think, to speak in our lives as much. Go ahead. We kind of have to slow down and kind of try to communicate rather than just being, okay, Holy Spirit, come on with me now, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I talked about that a little bit in our in our the the series I did on prayer, right? Dangerous prayers is we have to slow down. We have to have conversations. A conversation isn't me just you know if if every time me and Ralph talked, if all it was was me just talking to Ralph and never letting him speak, we wouldn't have much of conversation, right? And he'd get tired of listening to me, <laughs> you know. And so it has to. You have to stop and listen. You have to stop. You have to to, to stop and actually listen. And so that's kind of the, what I would like to see is as, as individuals just stop and listen and, and actually, you know, this is a prayer you need to pray. It's for the Holy Spirit, for God to guide you into where he wants you to go in the situations he wants you to be. And I think it would be interesting to see where that goes. I mean, one of the things that I do every time before I get up here and, and teach or, and, and talk is one of the things I always ask God to use the Holy, you know, work the Holy Spirit to work through me to say the things that I'm supposed to say and, and that I need to say, and, and I say it in a correct manner. And there have been times where I did not plan on saying anything, you know, or, or certain subjects or talk about certain things while I'm up here, and it just kind of pop in, you know. And it's like I know I didn't think of that, you know. And so I always feel that that's a guiding of, of look, you know, this is a this is an area, and I just I just think this is something that we need to do a better job of grabbing a hold of. You know, I, I think we have God down pretty good, right? We know who God is. Well, <laughs> let me say we, we have a better, let me, let me put it this way, we have a better idea of who God is, right? We have a better idea of who Jesus is because we, we study and talk about those a lot. But I don't think we have a very close and, and deep knowledge of who the Holy Spirit is. And, I, and again, like I said, I think that's been part of a reaction or overreaction to stay away from the, the more flamboyant side of what people see in the Holy Spirit a lot of times. Because, you know, you can ask most people, when, when, and even non-Christians, if what, it, well, what is the Holy Spirit or who is the Holy Spirit? And a lot of their experience is going to be what, you know, we, we said is, you know, watching a televangelist heal people on TV, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and, and those type of things. When we know that that's not that's not what the Holy Spirit is, is used for nowadays. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Survivor, the people that were supposed to get on the plane at, for 9-11. Yeah. If you listen to some of the interviews for those, um, there's one particular guy that was talking, and he said that it was just a, a series of events that kept him from getting on that flight. It was a slow taxi. It was couldn't find things, couldn't find um, documents he needed to fly and stuff like that. And he talked about that. And the interviewer said, um, he said, I don't know what it was. I don't know what happened. But it saved my life. And the interviewer said, that was the Holy Spirit. And he said, well, I don't, I don't know what the Holy Spirit is, but it saved my life that day. Yeah. And I think that's powerful when you think that somebody doesn't know what it is, but knows that it saves their life. There was, and I can't remember, there was examples of some Christians who got such a strong feeling not to get on that plane that they actually did not get on that plane. And, and I would think that would be another example of that death. I, I think sometimes we, we do ignore, and then in hindsight, we see mm -hmm. where God was really working or trying to work in a certain particular area of our life, 
and and uh, and hindsight helps us to understand that. Maybe that'll help us going forward. Yeah, yeah, I, I do think that yeah, there's a you you get those promptings or that resistance. You resist that, and then you see the results. I mean, I got to give an example real quick. You know, one of the things when me and Helen were first married, we wanted a house so bad, but every time we tried to get a house, you know, there just things would fall and 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 you know. And I basically, I just bust through everything that, that, that kind of, because that's the type of person I am a lot of times is, well, I want something bad enough, I'm going to get it. And I look back, we moved down here. How long was it before we actually got rid of that house? When we, once, yeah, once we moved down here. Was it six years? Yeah. So we had to deal with that house for six years after we moved down here. And so you look back and you're like, well, maybe God was trying to say, hey, you, you don't want to have this house because you're going to have to deal with it. You know, and, and I know that's kind of maybe a, a, a small example or a petty example, but I think we see those type of things in our life where either God has prompted us to do something and we ignore it or we resist it or God has prompted us to do something and, and, and the Holy, through the Holy Spirit and we ignore it. And a lot of times the outcome of that is so a, a hard lesson learned uh, in, in the end. And so, I don't know, so my, my goal for this week for all of us is Sit down and really try to pray and listen to the guiding and prompting of the Holy Spirit and see how that works in your life. Go ahead. Yeah. Very quickly, you may be going to cover this later. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27 refers to the Holy Spirit twice there as our intercessor. Mm -hmm. and, and he is that, the paraclete is the, he, he comes alongside us and takes our case before God, as it were, and, and pleads on our behalf. First John 2, 1 says Jesus does the same yeah. thing, so it, it puts it through them. So if we got the Holy Spirit and Jesus uh, interceding on our behalf in front of God, that, that's a good thing. That's a powerful thing. Yeah. So And so, so that leads into next week. So next week, what we're going to look at is we're going to look at the actual powers of the Holy Spirit, the, the different powers that the, the Holy Spirit had, which that, the intercession being one of them, and we'll go that. So, again, listen to the Holy Spirit this week. See what, how he prompts you. And see what it leads you into, because it may lead you into some things that you never thought you'd go into, and just and just listen to that and see. And we'll talk about uh, the whole the power of the Holy Spirit next week. Thank you.